Welcome to Coffin Talk, a show about life and death, a show that is ungravely serious, unfortunately funny, and humorously post-humorous. I'm one of your hosts, Morgan Grant, and with me is my co-host, Dottie Ferguson. On this podcast, we will address all things death, and sometimes life too. This episode, episode one, will be why death? What's up with it? Why do we like it so much? Your host and I decided to give each other five questions about death. Yes, yeah, so death is everywhere. Death is in, you know, the it, it's it's goth. Death is at the end of every movie. It sounds like it seems like sometimes death is at the heart of tragedy. Why, why death? Why death? So, did you think of any questions? I have some questions for you. So, obviously, the first one I would ask you dear co-host of mine, is what draws you to this topic? Why did you decide to do this podcast with me? Well, I think death is literary. You know, um, death is the punchline of every joke. Death is that thing we can't go beyond, that impossible limit. And death, death gives death gives life meaning. So, I don't know. I, I, I see, since thinking about this podcast topic, um, I've been kind of keyed in to death. I've been seeing death everywhere. I, li- I listen to Nick Cave on the way over. <laughs> that is a very good thing to listen to. Perhaps I will lend you some of my Cure albums as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that would be nice. Um, but no, I'm thinking, like, what's not about death, right? I agree. Yeah, yeah. So what about you? You know, you proposed the topic. I did. I did. Um, One of the things that draws me to death is that same, as you said, is it's kind of everywhere. And unfortunately or fortunately, however you want to look at it, it touches everything almost in everyone's life. And some of the topics, I guess, or subtopics within death are just generally interesting to me. Like, for example, some people when dealing with death love talking about serial killers. Some yeah. people with death like the beauty of it, like with goth, like wearing the black and some Victorian inspired kind of morning clothes. I mean, yeah. it's there's so many things within it that it's not necessarily sad and depressing, but there's things about it that are interesting and even a little beautiful. Yeah, the the beauty of the macabre. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. So let me ask you this. My other question I had for you is what is your favorite subject dealing with death? My favorite? Well, Mm -hmm. I, like I said, death death is everywhere. So um, I have an interest especially in literature because I'm a professor of literature at unnamed university. (laughs) and um I it's not death isn't just in you know Victorian literature it's not just in gothic literature um death marks all literature and I in fact find death and comedy kind of a fun topic recently um I think death is uh death is kind of funny you know as, as, as in tragedy, death has to be dramatic. But in comedy, I mean, people can keel over all the time, keeling over, like <laughs> dying of lack, laughter. Oh, he kicked the bucket. Like I'm, 
oh, I'm trying to think of this movie title that um, I... It's a mad, 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 mad world. I love that one. Yeah. It's a great movie. It's an amazing movie. And at this one, like, just throwaway joke moment, the guy falls off a cliff and in doing so, kicks a literal bucket. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just an absurd scene. And I think... I don't know, I, that's comic, and you don't need to dwell on death. death. Death is part of the joke. I feel like death take, or comedy takes death more seriously than tragedy, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, in tragedy, death is like a vaulted, oh, she's dying, oh, no. And in comedy, like, we can, yeah, yeah. You, you can, can play with it. Yeah. And yeah. you can show that it can be absurd and kind of funny. Like, one of my favorite movies is Clue. Mm-hmm. All that movie is is people dying, and it's hilarious. They're killing over one after another. <laughs> the dead parrot sketch in Monty Python. Oh, that's hilarious. That's one of my he's favorite as dead, well. He's not dead. He's sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. It's everywhere. I don't know. I had a question for you. Okay. Speaking of death in popular culture, which I feel like... Uh, a lot of our ideas uh, connect back to popular culture. Um, has there ever been a celebrity's death that has particularly affected you? You know, every time I open my Facebook feed, it feels like another celebrity has died and everybody's mourning and, oh, no, I can't believe he's dead. There's always seven or there's always three. Three. Yeah, there's three always a the magic number for sure. Um in high school, I'm going to kind of give you all a taste to my age. Um, Kurt Cobain actually passed in 94 when I was a freshman, I believe. Um, it didn't affect me personally, but it was one of the first... I'm super into music, and it was one of the first um, deaths that for celebrity that I kind of went, oh, this is, this is a big deal. And that's about as far as it went. A friend of mine in high school, she asked me to wear black with her. You know, I knew people that drew portraits of him. Yeah, so that's my first memorable one that I went, okay, this is is big that he died. A celebrity death or musician's death for me is more my case that's genuinely affected me is um, starting to see my generation's celebrities pass, like... um, Chris Cornell is a big one. I wasn't a huge Soundgarden fan, but it's very impactful because they were getting big when I was going through my teenage years. Another big one for me was Bowie. I mean, that actually impacted me pretty bad. And Prince actually was really a big one too because I remember my mom listening to the Purple Rain soundtrack and I thought he was so cool and he was so different. And then hearing him pass was... Uh, for lack of a better word, such a bummer. Yeah, I, I, someone at, at work, uh, actually, I saw her in tears, and I was like, what, what's wrong? What's wrong? Uh, oh, Prince died. And so celebrity deaths really do. Yeah, and for non-celebrity, the only death that really kind of, I went, man, was uh, recently there was a chef slash had his own show speaker, Anthony Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain. Oh, yes. Um, that kind of was a big shock because... I think every, she a, touched everybody. Yeah, and I'm a huge fan of his show. I've actually gone to see him speak, and it was just kind of like watching... It was listening to him talk without the visuals, but he was so funny. His stories were great. He's a great storyteller. So to have someone like that uh, pass is 
yeah, that, that was sad. That one actually, I have never cried for any of them. No. But I remember just having a day or two of like, man, this, you know what, I'll just say it, this sucks. Yeah. You know, yeah. and unfortunately, the older we all get, you're going to see more of your idols and celebrity just kind of start to Keel pass. over, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was sad in Anthony Bourdain's case because he was mid-show. He was, it felt like in the prime of his mm-hmm. career. And to go in kind of a horrible way is yeah I mean do do they I don't know the details do they know if it was suicide do you know I believe that's what it was ruled I don't quote me on that I don't know yeah yeah but it yeah because you you see I don't know I I've watched the last episode recently of um what is it no reservations Oh no, it's not called no. Oh no, that, the new that was, one. That Are his, you talking about the yeah, new one that they yeah. said this was his last yes. actual episode? Yes. Yeah. It wasn't no. Re- oh, Parts okay. unknown. Parts unknown. Yes. Yes. I watched that last episode, and I was just thinking, kind of like, I can't not think about the fact that he passed away, and I can't not look for the signs. Yeah. I, I have not watched it, and I think that's part of why, because people pulled, and people are going to pull whatever they want out of a situation, but they pulled, like, something he said to one of the people he's interviewing, they're like, could this have been a clue? Yeah, oh and no. I just, I don't know if I want to watch something like that. I genuinely thought he was a pretty cool guy. Oh, yeah. I don't know him personally, but as far as his show, his writings, getting to see him, Awesome. So, yeah, um, to answer your question very tangentially, yeah, I guess <laughs> I have been directly or indirectly affected by celebrity and artists' deaths. I'm interested in what you said about Kurt Cobain because he was um, so big in our youth, mm-hmm. I think. I think perhaps more for you than for me because you were in the, the goth community, right? Well, I actually... Nirvana was never really my thing, believe it or not. Um, I owned one Nirvana album. I had family members who were bigger into it, so I was exposed to a lot. I had friends that were really into Nirvana. So for me, I understood how big of a deal it is because musically they affected what you heard on the radio. Like they say it was like the start of the grunge scene or whatever. Mm-hmm. And... So that part of it alone was a big deal. And then the fact that the lead singer of one of these like headlining bands of all this music changing stuff died. That was okay. No, this is a big deal. You know, so he changed kind of they changed kind of what you heard on the radio. And then for it to be the lead singer of it was a big deal. And then to be that perfect age where, oh, this is awful, you know. A lot of teenagers and, you know, teenagers are emotional people. And then you have (laughs) emotional person. You kind of make a connection. So, yeah, that's a a big one. Well, interestingly, he's somebody who also, like, had the image of living on the edge. Yeah. And so I feel like that is part of the heartbreak. Because you sort of feel like the person who's honest about living on the edge is almost immune to tragedy. Like, well, they're, they're honest about it, so they're immune. Like, Anthony Bourdain kind of hit me because he would always joke about death. It would be like, oh, I'm going to have a heart attack from yeah. eating this. Or, you know, my doctor's not going to be happy with me for this. And, like, to have 
that, I mean, not quite come true, but kind of come true, mm-hmm. that is, you know, makes you take jokes more seriously in a way. Like, sh- shouldn't you have been, it was a joke. It was a joke, right, Anthony? Mm. Probably not. <laughs> I, if you ever want to see a, if you haven't seen it and you want to see kind of a not so great like glimpse right. into Cobain's life. There's a documentary called Montage of Heck. I believe I, sh- I should do my research before I do these, but I believe <laughs> his daughter, Frances Bean Cobain actually had something to do with it. And I can tell you it's not glamorous. It's not pretty. No. And it doesn't always show him in a good light. And mm. it'll definitely give you some insight into maybe some of that stuff. Mm. But, um, did you have another question? Oh, I, I have plenty of questions. I wanted to answer my own question, too. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. yeah. Go for no, it. No, but, okay. So, the celebrity that hit me the most, and I was thinking about this for a while, because I knew I, I wanted to answer, uh, answer this question as well as ask it of you, and for me, it's Rodney Dangerfield. Wow. Why? That's an interesting one. Right? Right? Okay. (laughs) So in 2004, when Rodney Dangerfield died, I was, you know, uh, just graduated my my bachelor's, um, you know, undergrad of college. And I had my first job, and I think it was my first week on the job even. Um, My first real job out of college, not in retail or anything, but it was um, in advertising. It was kind of an internship, but it just felt real at the time. I was very underpaid, and I got a lot of coffee for people, but um, I had to wear a suit, so I felt legit. And I heard on the way into work that day that Rodney Dangerfield had died, and all throughout college, we had watched Caddyshack pretty much every Saturday night. And I, not, not that I was actually familiar with Rodney Dangerfield's comedy so much, but that just symbolized to me the death of an era, mm-hmm. not just the death of a person. And I don't know, I think it, it hit me especially hard because he, I keep coming back to that idea of the comedian because I, I was thinking of Rodney Dangerfield's death in that way and death as the punchline of, of a joke. In, in his case, a punchline of lots of jokes. Like, I loved his, his little line, like his one-liners. My fan club broke up. The guy just died. <laughs> so, you know, it's, I, it's, there's something so sad about the clown that's crying or about the, the funny guy who dies. So it's just like ultimate irony for me. That's a good one. That is, I wouldn't have her... Like someone like that, I would never think affected me. But yeah, for your for me time in life, that's it makes sense. It was the end of an era. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he didn't get any respect. Oh, <laughs> right. It's, it's true. Uh, well, do you have another question for me? Yeah. So, within certain things, with death and dying since we this is what it's about are there any rituals that you've observed that you like or dislike or do you think there's things like I said earlier about death that can be beautiful mm-hmm. you know like ways of mourning or um carrying someone's legacy on or something like that like are there any are there things out there that interest you like that yeah well 
I think our, our tradition of doing open casket um, uh, viewings it has always struck me as odd and awkward, but I know that it, it's, a, it's a tradition that, that stretches back. I, I know that it's nothing new. I mean, a lot of people find this a normal part of the grieving process and a really um, important one, but I don't know, something about seeing your loved one after they pass, I sort of wonder about the purpose of it, you know? Closure? Yeah, but is it is it a certain type of verification that we have? Like, like okay, they're dead. Yeah, yeah, like this is it, they're dead. And so then what is the, the purpose of the, the, the um, funeral director who, who does them? Like, we make them in this lifelike way when they're in the casket. They don't look very lifelike. Yeah, well, they, something looks off. Off. Yeah. I actually don't like open caskets for that reason because it's not the person. They to me they look so different. So what are we doing to our memories of that person then? Hopefully that's just a small piece and everything else kind of overshadows what just, you're seeing. Oh, I don't, or I don't because know. you're grieving so deeply, you might not see the offness about it. You might just see them for what they look like. Maybe a little nicer version of themselves in a suit or a dress with their hair and makeup done. Yeah. Maybe that closure helps, especially when somebody's gone through a long illness. I know I've seen this before where the person, when they were alive, was suffering and they looked like they were in agony. But whereas in, in, the, in the coffin, um, during the viewing, they do look peaceful. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, there's something absolutely removed. There's something not there, but you don't see the suffering anymore. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I guess it's, I guess in that case it's a resolution, but it always seems like a really bad resolution to me because you're not saying goodbye to the person. The person is supposedly gone. So it's, it's, it seems to me more like a, a self-verification where you, you have to be sure. Is, are they really dead? Are you wondering? Are they still alive out there somewhere? Well, no. They're right in front of you. They're obviously not. So, I mean, I don't know. It, it strikes me. I'm uncomfortable with it. <laughs> yeah. It's, th this is one of the things that we can get into at some point. You know, death can be also super-duper uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are super-duper uncomfortable. And hopefully one of the things we can do with this podcast is make you, our listener, listeners, <laughs> you know, more comfortable with the idea of death. And it's not, it doesn't always have to be scary and doom and gloom and gross. It can be interesting, neat, funny, and beautiful. But if you do want that doom, gloom, and the occasional grossness with a hint of beauty and intellect, please continue to listen to our podcast. We hope to broadcast two to three times a month. Future topics include death and religion, death and dying when it comes to the mortuary sciences. We hope to also get into a little of death and the biological side. Again, so please stay tuned, keep living, have a great week, weekend, wherever you are, and we'll see you next time when you tune in. Bye.